Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles. We win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. The New York Jets select Zach Wilson, quarterback, BYU. on everybody welcome back this is me and dj chopping up jets nfl talk um you know on the ground we'll get we'll get that stuff rolling as uh you know we get into otas mini camp and training camp but um you know the drafts now a week week and a half you know past everyone's kind of settled down with their draft takes and the schedule is now uh now the big now the big hot topic with the schedule coming out thursday we'll have an episode for you kind of recapping that what the season looks like going to look like for the jets in terms of matchups Easy parts, hard parts, all that stuff. We'll have that out for you guys on Friday. First, we'll we'll cover the the beefiest man pause in New York, according to Robert Sala. Um, you know Zach Wilson, uh, and you know, and kind of what some of the expectations that are kind of being already placed on him. Um, you know, by kind of the national media, not just me and DJ doing it. It's you know comments like Dan Orlovsky saying he is in the best position to succeed of a second year quarterback since Patrick Mahomes. Um, interesting comments to say the least. What was kind of your initial reaction when you heard that and how fair or not is, you know, kind of the pressure on Zach, uh, you know, in 2022? Um, my first impressions when he said that was, Dan, did you forget Mahomes threw 50 touchdowns? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like Zach obviously has a lot of talent and he has good pieces around him, but um, to expect that type of leap is kind of crazy, but I'm going to focus on what the meat of pause his, um, you know, breakdown was, which is like Zach is in a great position to succeed in year two. Like, again, like you have three legitimate receivers um, along with Braxton Berrios, who's a very nice gadget player who can create in the pass game and in the run game too. Um, again, but you have a very good offensive line where if they live up to the expectations, they should be a top 12-ish unit. Um, as long as Makai is healthy, you know, Elijah Ray Tucker takes another step forward. Um, Tomlinson transitions well from San Fran to the Jets, and obviously Fan continues his level of play from last year. I think the, the unit should for sure be a top 12 unit, career point blank. Obviously, the run game should be vastly improved because of that O-line, and obviously you have better running backs now. You know, now you're going to have Michael Carter, Brees Hall, Tevin Coleman, Ty Johnson. I know Jeff fans don't really like Ty Johnson that much because of his third down drops, but hey, he's still a decent player, <laughs> you know? Um, got two tight ends now. People, I don't really mention Jeremy Ruckert that much because, again, like, only 
two tight ends usually get on the field and they only use two tight end sets like 30% of the time anyway. So like, I'm not really expecting much from Jeremy record this year. It's more of a long-term thing. I don't really mention him that much. Uh, the talent's there though. So I expect him to still play here and there, but people forget how hard it is. That's tight end is one of the hardest positions to transition into in the NFL. Cause like you're required to be a threat in the pass game. And you're also required to be not like passable as a blocker, but like, uh, like effective, like very effective as a blocker against defensive ends who are arguably the most talented uh, players on the field from a physicality standpoint. Like think about it. Like you got to worry about sometimes blocking a guy like Chase Young or <laughs> TJ Watt, like what? You feel me? So that that's this be a little transition with that but going back to you know the pieces around zach like he has and obviously we all believe in michael Floyd as a play caller like he got better as the year went on um so i think those those comments were 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 accurate now my question back to you is is it fair to put because now it's kind of setting up as a make or break not make or break but like put up a shut up for zach like across like local media national media it's kind of like put up or shut up right so what are your thoughts on that yeah it's tough right because in fairness to any quarterback in year two like it's not fair for them to the expectation they're having but the way the game is the way you know football has changed over the last 10 15 years these guys right. went seven on seven and age eight age nine right you know, and it's just it's different right you come to the nfl ready to go zach's the difference with zach and i think this is with trey lance too is when you come from a lower level of competition it's hard to like adjust so quickly. Right. I think there was a year period for Zach that like everyone thought he would come in and hit the ground running in the preseason, obviously heightened expectations even more rightfully or wrongfully. And, and then kind of life kind of hits you, hits him, hits him in the face. He obviously struggles and all that stuff. Right. But the way he finished the year, it is a little weird. It feels like we're going to year three of Sam where it's like every game is going to be like, can he show it? Is he the second contract guy? Is he the guy that the jet's going to pick a quarterback in 12 months? And, is CJ Stroud going to be a Jet? All this crazy stuff. So, no, I don't think it's fair because, like you said, 13 NFL starts. Usually you should be waiting probably 30 NFL starts to really know what you have. And if the Giants are in year four with Daniel Jones and Tua and all these guys. But at the same time, I think today's NFL, you pull the cord quicker on these guys just because of the way the rookie contract's structured and all that stuff. So, the, like, unbiased answer is no. But I, I do think it is the pressure is fair for Zach, right? Like, I don't think week one, he needs to go throw for 400, you know, four touch, four touchdowns and a 92 QBR. But I also don't think we can be having games where he's throwing for 124, going 11 to 25 with two interceptions, a fumble, two drops that everyone blames the whole game on and, and the whole thing like that stuff can't happen. Right. Like the offense needs to function the way it's supposed to. Do I need Zach to be a superstar next year? No. Do I need him to play at least at a level of Kirk Cousins, Baker when like they're kind of like more more Baker and where he was kind of managing the game in 2020 where he had his numbers looked nice but it was like you know he didn't turn the ball over but he was like 25 touchdowns I think he had about 4,000 yards and he was just competent with the offense they ran the hell out of the ball they played good defense and Baker had made the throws he needed to in a couple of games he looked better than others obviously the playoff game um, can't get the job done against Chad Henney you're not gonna you know that's unfortunate but that type of guy where like you don't expect superstar level, but yeah, I think the, the pressure is a bit fair. Like the Jets have, to Dan's point, and I think this is fair, they've spent 
reason, pretty reasonable money on Fant, and Fant might be extended by the time you know we get into camp where he's going to be making top 15, top 10 in the NFL left tackle money. Uh, Lincoln Tomlinson makes a lot of money. He was a pro bowler last year. Connor McGovern makes a ton of money for a center. He's, you know, should be at least at average to above average starter level. AVT should take a big jump in year two, and he was a top 15 pick. And whether I agree or not, they've put their eggs in Mekhi Becton's basket to play right tackle in 2022 and, and be the player they took in the top 10. They invested probably 20 to $22 million a year next year in the tight end position they probably have invested they've invested three top 40 picks and signed a receiver into a big money and paid braxton barrios like there's a lot of weapons here he's a good play caller and just to me it feels like the excuses for zach yes he's going to take some lumps this year he's not going to look perfect but and the heck's him to play like patrick mahomes is not fair but there's some there should be some pressure on zach right like this team has not won forever and yeah. And again, I just, it can't be the, the, it doesn't need to be peaks and valleys. It needs to be more like the variance is only 10 or 20% between his good and his bad games, not, um, you know, 120 yards. And then, oh, he's the Titans game, but then it's right back to four picks. Like that stuff can't happen. It needs to be more balanced. So yeah, the pressure's fair. Do you think it's fair or is it? Yeah. I mean, I think it's fair um, because in today's NFL, like we've seen quarterbacks by year two prove that they're the guy, um, or at least in some some measure right where even with the josh allen comparisons you know yeah he popped big time in year three but by the end of year two like they, they were still a little bit of questions but there had been enough progression where it was there wasn't like serious doubt right you don't want to go into the year where there's serious doubt like daniel like, jones they made the playoffs like right, exactly. he might he had like a weird playoff game but he still was good enough that you could be like all right he took them the playoffs like yeah yeah like they went to the playoffs and they were in it until the end. And then obviously Josh Allen did, you know, pre elite Josh Allen stuff. But yeah, man, I think it's fair. Cause again, Joe Burrow's in the Super Bowl by year two. Um, Justin Herbert is a rock star. Kyler Murray was elite by year two. Lamar won MVP by year two. Deshaun Watson, AKA the nasty man, according to Charles McDonald was in the playoff, was in the playoffs by year two. Like it's, it's rare where like, if you don't see it by like the end of year two, year three, where like they just flip the switch. You get what I'm saying? Like it's, it's really rare. Like, yeah. It's like, are you ever going to see it? Like that's, yeah. that's what it was tough about the, it's unfair sometimes when you compare stats, but there's just, sometimes there's not much else you can do. And like, yes, Matt Stafford's the one example. If you're the Jets, like I thought Zach Wilson and Matt Stafford is a good comp coming out just because a lot of like, they're going to make, they're going to turn the ball over, but they have really good arm strength and they make plays mm-hmm. and all that stuff. You know, Matt Stafford's numbers as a rookie were terrible. And I think he had like six touchdowns, 11 interceptions, very similar type of numbers, but Matt Stafford showed up very quickly after that. So it's like, you need to, yeah. you know, yeah, it's like, you can't just, you can't touchdown. muddle along. And like it, the problem is it's not like if Zach was picked 15th and you were kind of like, you didn't have these expectations, but like the expectations on Zach coming out were like, he's, Rodgers and all these guys and even if he's only really Derek Carr or if he gets there or whatever like Matthew Stafford. that's still a top 10 guy making 40 plus million dollars a year that you know can win you a playoff game and like right. well, not Derek Carr's case but and like in general like can Zach get to the level where you go we can make the playoffs with him and we could potentially win if not like you're in a, you are in a bit of a weird spot and yeah. the way the NFL is like Joe Douglas is going into year five. He can't, or next year, that would be so like, you can't get Zach wrong. That's they've invested all their eggs in that basket, which is why they invested so much. I think they can get Zach wrong. I think if they get Zach wrong, I don't, I don't think 
the baseball just we got to see how things look though right like if it's similar to like what happened with the browns i think then like you can get that wrong because then you can just try to find another quarterback well it it won't be as easy because obviously like this was unprecedented where you had um you know you had tom brady available well tom brady wasn't available but aaron Rodgers might have been available russ was available deshaun was available um jimmy g was available like that, that that's kind of rare but i do think that it's kind of trending towards that way in a sense that like if you don't like your quarterback with own situation you might be able to go and get another one another, another vet prior to before where everybody was just stuck on one team forever for the most part or you, you got rid of that guy you just you know try to go draft another one um so i do think that if zach isn't it you the jets because Joe Douglas is building a good roster. You can still roll with Joe. You can possibly roll with Salah. You can roll with this staff. Um, but to segue, I think that um, what's the real question is, okay, what does a year look like where, okay, we know Zach's the guy? You know what I'm saying? Because, like, it's easy to talk about pressure. It's easy to talk about um, what he needs to do. What, what, what does it look like when we're like, okay, He's the guy, right? Like that's that's the real question. So my my question back to you: What does that look like? So this one's like it's interesting because there's you could approach it a couple different ways, right? You could look at his numbers and say if he gets to this threshold, if he gets to 35 MBRs or you know realistically in 17 games, or gets to 20 plus touchdowns, um, which is still not really that great, but in 17 games. But let's just say he gets to 20 plus touchdowns, 3,500 yards. Um, you know, and his yards per attempt. So over seven, you know, you're starting to see some progress from a statistical perspective, a big enough jump. Uh, and yeah, that's, that's one thing. It's also going to be like big time eye testing for me. Um, can he, can he manage the offense in a way where he looks confident you, you trust, like, can you by the end of the year, trust him when he drops back, you feel like a good decision is going to be made. He can lead you in a drive against, not just like against the bills and against some of these elite teams, like, do you feel confident Zach's our quarterback and we can go and beat any of these other bad teams? Like, I still don't know that you feel like you felt ever that way with Sam where like, Oh, they're playing the, they're playing the Texans today. Like, do we feel hundred percent confident because we have Zach under center? He could, he can carve up these bad teams. Can you beat the bad teams and even win some of the games in the middle um, against other teams that are, you should be comparable with that's from like an eye test perspective of just like, do you look like you belong? Like there were Zach started to look like he belonged, but bar's too low though. Like I know, know that's what I'm saying. Like that's where like a mid bar minimum is like, do you belong? I don't know I, that my, be bar though, because yeah, like, that shouldn't be the bar. No, it shouldn't be the bar. It should be just like that's at least like we feel that's step one. Like step two is really can you go toe-to-toe with these guys on a consistent basis? Like, not just the Brady, like the Brady Bucks thing, and that was really cool and it was fun to watch. Like, can you do that? Can you go do the t- against Tannehill and his best games? Can you see that 10, 11 times during the year? And then the rest of the year, you know, maybe the running game or the defense helps you out. But like, can you go toe to toe with the other top 10, top 12 quarterbacks, especially in the AFC, which is loaded and that's great and all. But like, when you go to Minnesota, can you go toe to toe with Kirk Cousins and play just as good, if not better? Can you go? I'm just trying to think of the other games where like it's going to be kind of quarterbacks that are, you know, he should be able to go toe to toe with pretty comfortably and feel good about. Like he should go toe to toe comfortably with Kirk. Kirk is gonna put up numbers. Kirk is no. Kirk's gonna. They're gonna car. They're Sauce is gonna have a big learning oh, experience. Well, that day. I don't know. I don't know if he's gonna carve up the defense. I mean, but again, Kirk. Kirk puts up numbers. No, nah, Kirk. It just. It's my point's more so to say like, 
I don't, the bar should not be, oh, you beat Trevor Lawrence or you beat Justin Fields. Right. I know that's cool that's for Twitter, right. but like, that's not the bar. I need yeah. you to go toe to toe with Mac twice. I need you to go toe to toe with Tua twice. I need you to be like, I'm the better quarterback here. And even if you're just as good, that's still progress. Cause like, I, that's not what we saw last year, but like those type of things I, you want to see, right? You want to see, like, I'm not asking him to go toe to toe with Lamar in terms of stats, but I want him to be able to like, you get the ball, and if you don't score, I'm coming down, and I'm I can score. Like that's the stuff. It's like that from an eye test perspective. And then again, statistically, the completion percentage has got to come up. Fifty nine percent or whatever it was is disgusting. That needs to come up, especially in this offense where they give you so many checkdowns, so many slip screens, that, like so many different things where you can get easy completions and like you know let your other guys come up. Um, got to go over three thousand yards, I think, in the, today's NFL. That's like the I'll bar minimum. Three thousand yard range. Because the yeah. question is what he does he have to do for us to say he is the guy going forward like long term like that that's the real question like where 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 is that entry point I guess he's he, got to play like a top six or he's got to play like a top 16 quarterback in 2022 again, what that, again but like what the you dancing around the question what does that look like like from a statistical perspective because you could say top 16 cool but like again what does that what does that look like because again for, for 35 3525 is is like my like i'd feel good about zach if he left right, cool. 2022 with like 63 percent completion percentage 3600 mm-hmm. yards 25 touchdowns 11 picks and the jets go seven and ten he's probably your franchise guy and you add one more piece and one new year of development and he's a playoff they're a playoff team anything below thirty thousand. Uh, then we'll get to actually no you go first and then we'll get to the other part of the question yeah so so that was going to be my answer for the gray area to be honest that's my answer for the gray area because if the question is long term um that that's great improvement but like obviously the obvious numbers is long term if he's like he's a guy long term it's like obviously hypothetical like 35 touchdowns duh he's a guy right 40 that's obvious i think for me it's probably like around um probably like 28 touchdowns actually not yeah 28 to 30 probably in that range like i'm comfortably saying yeah he's a guy going forward probably 4k um that comfortably saying yeah he's a guy going for yeah probably like 30 but 29 to 30 4k um completion percentage over 20 i mean over 63 you know what i'm saying 63 64 because like now completion percent like you know most quarterbacks have the completion percentages now like so I think the tool was like top 10 in completion percentage because all the RPOs and dink and dunks and stuff, same with Mac, you know, but, uh, and then like yards per attempt, like well above like seven point, like, you know, in that 7.2 to like eight range, I got to look at some of the numbers and see how like everybody else stacks up. But again, like in a pass rating, like the mid nineties, not like 89 or 90, but like 95 and up, um, you know, then I could say, you know, obviously an interception is, you know, like, I mean, you said, like, obviously, like, below. See, but, you know, for me, like, I don't – interceptions don't really bother me like that as long as you are putting up monster numbers. Like, Joe Burrow and Matthew Stafford were, like, top – like, near the top of interceptions. But, like, they were getting you the explosive plays. Like, if you're going to be an explosive quarterback, you're going to have turnovers. It is what it is for the most part. I mean, Mahomes is, like, an outlier where, like, he gives you all the explosives and rarely any interceptions. But so, but back to Zach, for me, it's like, okay, 28 to 30, 4K and pass away in the mid nineties to upper, you know, close to hundred. Cause we take for granted, like how difficult it is to throw for 4,000 yards in a year. Like most quarterbacks cannot do that. 
pure point blank. Like if you look at the guys that are consistently hitting 4K, most cannot. And you look at who isn't, most can't do that. You know, that's why when people are like, oh, Derek Carr, that's a terrible comp. Bro, you understand Derek Carr can like get you like 5,000 yards passing in a year, like, or damn near that. Like if your quarterback can get you almost 5,000 yards passing in a year, like you're straight, like you're good at that position. Now it's the question, okay, do I need another quarterback to take me over the top, like over the hump in that aspect, you know? But like, yeah, so that that that's where I'm looking at it. And now the question is, what's the gray area where it's like, you still like, okay, this was improvement, but we don't know if you're still the franchise guy yet, not long-term. So what's, what, what does that look like for you? Yeah, so I'm just looking at the interception kind of numbers from last year. So Stafford, uh, Josh Allen, Herbert, Tannehill, Derek Carr, Burrow, Mahomes for the top 10, mixed them with Taylor Heineke and Trevor Lawrence. So, um, you know, I agree with you. So I guess gray area then for me is the gray area is probably the Taylor Heineke season with a little bit more juice. Um, Taylor Heineke last year, 65% completion percentage, 3,500 yards, 20 touchdowns, 15 picks, mm. but a QBR of 40 and a passer rating of 86. That mm. to me is the gray area. A little bit, a little bit, you know, hopefully not 15 interceptions to 20 touchdowns, because that to me is like, I don't mind turnovers, but if you're only throwing for a touchdown a game, you can't really yeah. throw for a pick a game. But right. something in that area where like a little bit a more productive, where you feel good about Zach, but you're not sure he's the franchise guy, where like it's just that to me strikes would strike me as a season where he go, he's just very inconsistent. It's like, you're getting a lot of good, some bad, and it's kind of inflating his numbers. Um, again, I feel like the gray area. Yeah. The gray area is like your 30,000 to 3,500 yards. The completion percentage is up, but it's not up high enough. The touchdowns are better, but it's like, he barely gets to 20 or 22. The, my, I will say my caveat, it's the biggest gray area is, which I am praying does not happen because it's happened every year for the last four years. Zach missing a month of the season is going to cause a gigantic gray area. And that is something that like killed the Jets with Sam, where like when he missed all that time with Mono, it felt like it kind of bought him an extra year in terms of like your expectations. And that stuff sucks. It's happened. You know it better. And I'm not even being a dick. Like it happens with Tua where like, Oh, Tua Tua misses a bunch of time. And like, we didn't get to, we've only, he's only had 26 starts. And it's like, yeah, but we're in year three and it's like 26 starts isn't good enough. Um, part of being on a good quarterback in the NFL is being on the field. And that's why it's great. Zach's beefed up and it's, you know, he needed to like in a big way. And he has, um, we'll see if he keeps on pause, if he keeps on the same, if he can keep on the weight pass training camp, whatever. But you know, I think the gray area is like, he's good next year. And he's like, you know, okay. He's solid. Like we feel okay. Sometimes he gets hot, but like, Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. 
Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. He's too streaky. That's, to me, he's going to be like, mm, we're not positive yet if he's the guy. He's He's got year three, but he's not, like, yeah, the second contract guy yet. Yeah, yeah. I, I completely Basically, two his season last year. Yeah, yeah, bro, because it's, it's, I was just looking at, like, if you – when we talk on tour, if you actually look at the numbers and um, span it, like, you take away – the Bills game and the Ravens game, because obviously he didn't finish those games and he, he didn't start the second one. Um, and you can just go through like what it looked like for the entire year. For 17 games, like we're talking about like 23 touchdowns, 24 touchdowns, 3,700 yards. Like you'd feel a lot more comfortable with that going into year three. But again, like with the injuries, it's like, well, your numbers are what your numbers are and availability is, is, is vastly important. And that's a good point that you made about if Zach is healthy or not. Because um, again, like fair or not, he missed time last year. Um, his 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 one good year, he was obviously healthy. But the year prior, he dealt with injury. He got hurt his freshman year. So, like that's just part of you know his resume. Um, I don't think I, I don't think it's fair enough to say he's injury prone yet. But again, like we'll see how time progresses. So I mean, it's good that he he beefed up. Um, but back to the gray area, I believe that it probably looks something like similar to a Tyler Heineke, um, you know, maybe one more, you know, one more touchdown, a few more interceptions where it's like, it's inconsistent, streaky. Cause you don't know which way it's going to go in year three, you know, like as much shit that people gave Josh Allen come going into year three or whatever, like his interception ratio, I mean, his interception was still low. Like I think it's around, like he had 20 touchdowns passing seven interceptions and like eight rushing touchdowns so like again like you could feel comfortable going in year three and hoping for that jump even though he made like an unprecedented type of year three jump but um yeah so I think it's something in that range for Zach where it's a gray area where it's like yeah there was obvious improvement where you're like okay yeah like you're right like a past 30 uh, 3,000 yards so you're like 33 34 20 touchdowns maybe 21 touchdowns you know, like 13 picks. Josh Allen's a good example. I know Sally used it and everyone freaks out because of his year three. Oh, I don't but like, but like year two for Josh Allen, 3,100 yards, 59% completion percentage isn't good enough. That was a huge issue. Right. Zach, Josh's accuracy. Nine, uh, nine interceptions. Nine interceptions. But keep, keep, uh, how many would you say? Not good. Yeah, nine interceptions. Yeah, nine interceptions, but. Um, and the yards per attempt weren't good enough, 6.7. But, but he added a lot in the run he game. He added a lot in the run game. 
Which uh, is not part of Zach's game, for real. No. For real. Yeah, no, it's like a, you know, he had another nine touchdowns and 500 yards. So he's really 3,500 yards, not or 25 touchdowns. And let's see here, another fumbles are oh yeah yeah i mean oof, that's a lot of fumbles jesus christ um he had another he was really 28 13 or 28 and 14 3500 yards that's like yeah. that's gray area trending towards good and that's why he yeah. was able to make that leap but like right. yeah like it's just for zach it's the gray area is going to meet to me is going to be like the like how explosive can you make this offense because if you're just kind of a game manager like that's not that's where you're going to be in the gray area of like can you take the next step that's what happened with baker mac it's going to happen with mac jones it's going to ha- it's happening with Tua. it's like okay you've showed you showed you can be competent and you're in a top 23 quarterback right how are you getting from 23 to 12 can you do that or can you not and that'll be the question with zach so kind of speaking a little bit about Tua. We will do this quickly, and then we'll get to one thing about Garrett. Actually, we'll go with Garrett Wilson first. Yeah. Obviously, Zach Wilson, we talked a lot about Zach, and I think we both feel – I mean, we're kind of on the same page with Zach. So, Garrett Wilson, rookie receiver – a little bit. You're a little bit more – probably more optimistic. You're, you're, yeah, you're, 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 you're a lot more optimistic. I'm, I'm babying him a little bit because I was really hard on him last year, and I feel like I was maybe a little too hard at times. Garrett Wilson comes in. He's a top 10 pick, rookie receivers over the last couple of years. Uh, you know, expectation where the averages are 66 catches, 800 yards, six touchdowns. That's what first round receivers have averaged the last couple of years. It's obviously very different than when people came to the NFL 10, 15 years ago. Rookie receivers come in and get 50 for 500. You're like, wow, this guy is going to be legit. Now it's like, you know, Elijah did that. And you're like, oh, yeah, I feel good about him. And he was a second round guy, right? So, Jamar Chase obviously kind of thrown the mold a little bit, but what are your expectations for Garrett Wilson? And what's like a good season for him where you go, okay, the Jets found their pervert, quote unquote number one, which is obviously an overused term, but we're going to go with it anyways. Mm. Not that not the traditional X term. We won't use that one. Yeah, the, the traditional X term is just lazy media, <laughs> you know, repeat where like this coach says. X receivers, so I'm gonna use it too. No, nah, like X receiver in today's NFL is like anybody can be X receiver now, especially in this offense. Like everybody can be X. Garrett can be X. Bears can be X. Uh, Elijah can be X. But anywho, I digress. Um, so a good successful season for Garrett. I would say, man, I would say like a lot's gonna come down to the eye test because so much hinges on. Because Garrett is in, a, is in an interesting situation, right? Like, okay, he's coming to a situation where you have Elijah and you have Corey, who are both worthy of getting number one receiver targets, right? Now, how efficient will it be? That's debatable. Um, and they also you have a quarterback that really struggled as a rookie, right? Like, okay, you can expect Zach to be better. Like, I think anybody with a brain that follows football knows Zach will be better than he was last year but how much better, right? And that's what we just had the previous segment that we had. So all that is going to affect how Garrett Wilson numbers will be. Because again, that's what I said, eye test. Because if let's say hypothetically, like his numbers are around like 600, like without context, without nuance, that's going to be disappointing across the board. Because again, you had last year, you had Jalen Waddle. Jalen Waddle went for a stack. You had Jamar Chase, looked like a top five receiver year one. Justin Jefferson, Devonta Smith, Don's Miller looks like a number one wide receiver, you know? Um, 
So again, like it, under that context, it's going to look disappointing. But again, that's why like the eye test is going to matter so much in the nuance because he's going to be losing targets from Elijah, from Corey, along with the fact that you have, um, what's his name? Zach still trying to develop at his rate. And that you got to add in the fact that it's going to be a balanced type offense where you're going to be, you know, 55, 45, pass to run or run to pass, and then try to, feed, you know, run the play action and feature in the tight ends. And you're going to have Brees Hall, who also needs carries too. So it's a little bit complex in that aspect. So I think for me, what a successful season for Garrett Wilson in year one looks like, bar, base, um, and this can change. But for me, it's going to be like around like 657, yeah, about around like 650, maybe seven, and about, yeah, I think you are, because touchdowns vary, you know, like, like I've seen, like, I'm trying to think, there's some receivers that have, like, they won't have that many yards. Like, there was one weird year where Mike Wallace had, like, double-digit touchdowns for the Dolphins, but had, like, under 1,000 yards receiving, you know, and they, they still let him, they, I think they traded him to, I think, Minnesota or Baltimore or whatever. But again, like, like, so touchdowns very, for me, like, what's more important for a rookie receiver like Garrett Wilson is is yards. So I think like 650, 600, seven. And then again, like I asked you the nuances for me to, for it to be successful. Cause there's just so much exterior factors that are gonna play into, cause I, I don't believe that he's gonna have like a thousand yards in year one. Yeah, I just don't, I don't, not because I don't think he has a talent to do that. Let me make that very clear. But I, cause there's just so many other mouths to feed like Uzama, Tyler, Bryce, Mike, Michael Carter, Elijah, Braxton here and there, Corey, like there's so many mouths to feed versus where Jamar Chase walked into a situation where, yes, you had Tyler, you had T Higgins, you had CJ, you still had uh, Joe Mixon, but you had Joe Burrow <laughs> who could, like he was so explosive as a quarterback that he could feed everybody, you know? And like, I don't want to put the pressure on Zach to have that type of year where he has to be like a Joe Burrow level to where everybody eats, you know, like that, I, I'm just not, what am I expecting that? And I'm not placing the expectation on that. So for me, again, Gary Wilson has to be like around 650, 600 and then like obviously you know just see what the context is around that so as we're recording larry onanjobi ojan i don't know how to pronounce his name uh he's visiting he's been visiting the jets last two days so that's something we'll monitor he had seven sacks a year ago the 27 year old he did fail a physical with chicago um he signed a three or 42 million dollar deal with chicago early in free agency and failed a physical there so that's something to monitor i'm not sure kind of the update on the i remember that from the medical perspective, he's a very nice player. It'd be a pretty good room, interior defensive line room of Rankins, Williams, and him, um, you know, and JFM on third down, the whole thing. But, yeah, Garrett Wilson-wise, I think it's fair to expect 55, 705 touchdowns. I think that's pretty fair. I think it kind of goes in line with what's going on. Um, now, I think if someone gets hurt or Garrett Wilson shows elite-level stuff early on and hits the ground running – I think I'll change my tune there. I think he, I think I expect him to be what Elijah was last year, plus a little bit, um, just more consistency. Elijah took a little while to get going in the quad, the concussion, then another quad. So, um, and, and, a lot, and, and quarterback play. And quarterback play, four quarterbacks in, uh, in that whole, that whole nine yards. So, he yeah, from Garrett. Open. He was getting open. He was getting open. I think you just, you'll see Garrett Wilson. Um, he should adjust pretty quickly. These Ohio State guys come in from a pro ready. From a pro-ready perspective, they are the opposite of Ohio State quarterbacks who do not. So, um, you know, I think from a Wilson perspective, I think he's going to be a really good – he'll probably start the year as a really good number three. Um, and then he'll probably unless – he, unless he's a better – you know, he could have a better camp than Corey or Elijah. I have no idea. Um, I haven't – 
Mm. Well, because technically, if he started as number three, there'll be a lot of targets to spread around. I think they're going to want to run the, the you know run the ball a lot, especially early on, depending upon who the schedule obviously dictates. Um, but I think by the end of the year, you'll feel pretty good about him as your one A, one B with Elijah, and kind of have passed Corey. I just think early on, you'll probably see Corey, you know, hit the ground running a little bit faster in camp. But I could be wrong. I'd like I'm I want me and DJ will be able to see him in person a little bit more. So I'd like to see him actually get out there and run against some of these vets and see what he kind of what he kind of looks like. Um, do you feel like, I guess, why would this kind of just came up? Do you feel like interior defensive line still a need for this team? Do you still feel like they need to add one more body? Like, would you be, you'd be interested in kind of that, uh, interested in a signing like that? So when I, I thought that was a bigger, that was a bigger need. But when I talked to people in the building, it seemed that, you know, cause people think, okay, they need better interior defensive tackle play because the run game is so bad. But a lot of people believe the reason why the run game was so bad because because of the safety play, right? Where like you needed they Solid wants to have so actually a combination of two things. It was the cornerback play and the safety play. So basically a secondary, right? So like they played more too high than they wanted to because they wanted on first and second down because they wanted to protect their corners. They want to protect Bryce. They want to protect Brandon Echols more. I mean again like Hall didn't have that many starts. Echols was a six round pick. So they play a lot more too high on first and second downs, which one takes the safety out of the box. Um, but they really want to have a guy in the box on first and second downs. But but when they used to have guys in the box, you know, once Marcus Mayne and Jordan got hurt, then, you know, Elijah Riley, Ashton Day, they just weren't making the plays in the box, right? Or their plays, of course, like, yeah, the, the interior defensive linemen were getting their ass kicked. Like, the Colts game is a perfect example of that. But there are other plays like the Dolphins game where, like, you know, Elijah Raleigh was just coming, you know, he was missing tackles, you know, uh, Ashley Davis, same thing. And again, like another example was because the run game, the run defense wasn't as bad as the numbers suggest because it was always like four a pop, five a pop. It was those big ones that were explosive because, you know, safety play where, you know, was, was up to snuff. Like the Colts game in the third quarter where Ashley Davis takes a poor angle on JT or, Ashton Davis took a poor tackle against the Saints. And there's some plays where, again, Elijah Riley missed, you know, missed some tackles or they didn't execute the run fit well enough. And same with, like, some linebackers outside of CJ, right, where, like, Quincy sometimes where, like, he could flash and give you the highlight plays, but other times he would, you know, um, not have as well of a run fit as you would like. So, so yeah, the tackle – the interior defensive uh, tackle play wasn't good as wasn't good enough, but they weren't the the re- they weren't the reason why like the game was as bad. It was part of the reason. And I mean, you know, you add in Larry. Larry had like seven sacks last year. Um, was was a very was a productive defensive uh, tackle last year. Um, you know, again, it, it don't hurt to add depth in that aspect. So um, yeah, I mean, you know, doesn't move the needle now. <laughs> You know, it doesn't move the needle at all. Um, really, what moves the needle for me defensively is going to be protecting now allowing explosive pass plays because, like, the Jets used to give up explosive pass plays all the time, which is why they added in Jordan Whitehead, they get Jordan back, you got DJ Reed, you got Sauce, Mark Carter is going to be, he should be better in year two. So that's really um, the Jets' more concern. I think they really care about protecting explosive plays like they're cool with like a thousand paper cuts because they, they feel eventually you'll make a mistake um, yeah and 
I'm on the same page as you. It's interesting. They the Bengals run defense went from 29th to to fifth last year, and that was the only year that that they had Larry. So let's see there. Um, I do think it's. They something- also got Trey. They also got Trey, who doesn't you know Trey who. Yeah, well, we're not going to get into that. We'll get into that another time. Anything <laughs> else you want to hit on before we kind of wrap? Again, Friday morning, we'll have an episode out kind of recapping the schedule release in full and just kind of what it means for the Jets in terms of um, there's been a lot of Sunday Night Football Patriots Jets rumors on 9-11. Um, I would be very surprised still if the, if NBC gives the Jets a primetime game, let alone yeah, week like one. Um, the only reason it would be just is because of, you know, 9-11 and, and all that stuff playing in New York. I've seen a lot of Jets at Dolphins week 18. I've seen some Jets at Broncos week four. Um, that's the stuff I've seen so far. I don't know how true any of it is. So um, the Jets aren't on a lot of prime time realistically. So their stuff's not going to get leaked quite as <laughs> quite as much as some of these other things that have been getting leaked throughout the week. Um, but for if you're a Jets fan perspective, it'd be nice for them to start off with a – they have not won a September game since Sam Darnold's debut. Oh, um, and so let's hope that changes. That was a great game. That was a lot of fun. Um, I think that's this year, though, as long as they don't open up with Bills, Green, Bay. Green Bay, and Bengals, then, yeah. yeah. That, then now you're in a lot of trouble. <laughs> yeah, that'll – well, let's hopefully cross that bridge when we get there. Um, anything else you want to add before we wrap? Did you still want to touch on the uh, – I remember you mentioned the, you know, Dolphins roster versus Jets roster, but – I mean, we can say that. But we can, we'll head, we can head on, let's hit on that Friday. Um, we'll, right, hit on cool. that. we'll hit on that, especially because if the Jets, there's, I still think Jets Dolphins makes a lot of sense to open up with just because it'd be fun. I don't want that though. I know you don't want that, but I don't want to be in, I also would prefer not to be in South Florida in September. I feel like that is an absolute bloodbath of heat. Um, although New York is not much better in, in that time of the year. So um, again, thank you everybody for listening. Um, you know, we'll be back Friday and uh, we'll talk to you guys soon.